With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome to a, I guess, a Super Bowl extravaganza with my boys uh, from the Undroppables. A very special episode of of the Undrafted, and uh, also a very special episode of Unscripted. And I have some of the boys from Unscripted with me today. Uh, the first guy I'm going to bring on, and we're going to get it started here for the Super Bowl show, is Polly Sleepers. You all know Polly, Polly Lundegaard on Twitter, Polly Sleepers. Polly, what's going on, brother? What's up, Jax? Yeah, baby. Got some uh, Super Bowl week action. We're all excited. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be a fun show. Uh, we'll certainly hit it up and, and start talking about uh, the Super Bowl, but we got a few other things we're going to cover before we get going. I know you and uh, you and your boys haven't uh, haven't potted in a while. You probably got some, you know, s- some some blue takes, if you know what I mean, that just need to be released. Ooh, blue takes. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we uh we haven't gone since week fifteen, so we just took a little break after the fantasy uh, uh Super Bowl, and uh, we're gonna be back next week. So. It's funny. It's funny because I didn't see a lot of uh, of your guys's teams after week fifteen either. So, oh, 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 oh! I'm just joking because you actually beat my ass in the playoffs, so I can't even talk to you about that. We all know that's nonsense. I was going to say, did you get one from me? Or yeah, I sure did, brother. I sure did, man. No, my teams were my teams were all out by week fifteen. You guys know that. I'm just a poser, but you know, speaking of posers, let's bring on our next our next guest. He is not a poser. He is the absolute OG original. the The other, uh, you know, what, leg of the tripod of the unscripted, uh, Jake B song. You can find him on Twitter at. The BZBFF. You all know BZ. Bring it. You, you, did you mute me? No, no you're no. not muted. You're, okay. You're live, baby. You're live. You got, I saw the host that muted me. I was like, dude, what's going on? What's up, brother? How you doing? Glad <laughs> to be back. Back in action. Back in the saddle again. Ready to do some uh, some Super Bowl stuff. And just kind of, it feels good to be talking about some football again, man. It's been a little bit. You know, trying to refocus and... Get some of that drive back and get ready to rock and roll for twenty one season, baby. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we've got a we've got another guest, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep him in the in the holster for a moment because you know nobody has a more special guest than we do uh, on this pod. But you know, you guys, uh, Polly and, and, and Beezy, you guys, you know, always seem to have you know with Term who who did shine me on this pod. No, I'm just joking. Term's probably gonna be here a little later, but um, you know when you guys. Uh, do your pod the thing i love about your show is just how on point it is with sort of the comings and goings of the league and you know i think uh before we hit the the super bowl talk which we'll get to very quickly i wanted to hear your guys's take and and maybe just some updates on some of the stuff that you you had going on uh in 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 the in the nfl but 
the Stafford trade is the one thing I wanted to hear your guys' opinion. Uh, I've got mine, as you know, I got an opinion on everything, but love to hear you guys' take on uh, on that Stafford trade. Who's going? I'll, I'll go first then. I know Paula, Paula usually jumps right in on there, on that, so I just usually sit back and let my man take the lead. But uh, yeah, Paula you know, must have had one extra drink or one extra, you yeah, bowl hit or something because <laughs> normally he say. jumps right to the mic, you know. He does. But in this particular case, you know, he, his eyes glossed over, and 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 you and I were both standing there shocked. I, I was, I dude, I I didn't know what to do for a minute there. I was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> Well, but, t- um, t- tell me about the Stafford trade because I'm really curious to hear what you have to say, BZ. I mean, you know, you can come at it from an NFL perspective or a fantasy perspective. And I, I find the one thing I found most in- interesting about this is it's a completely different trade from NFL perspective than it is from a fantasy perspective. A hundred percent, man. And, you know, I love this move in terms of what the Rams did. This is an all in move. This is uh, we're not we're not hiding behind anything. We're coming for we're making a run. You know, and that's this is a kind of this is that kind of a move. Um, you know, Stafford is a fantastic quarterback. I think he's going to get fit very well in the McVay system. Um, I love this move for Robert Woods. I love it for Cooper Cup. Um, I love it for Cam Akers. I think this offense is going to be uh, super efficient. I think it's going to be moving the football. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for these guys. Um, you know, maybe we'll see one of these young guys up from the wide receiver core step up like Van Jefferson. Um, so I'm super excited about the Rams. I think that this is a big boost for that offense. Um, definitely buying into these guys now, especially, uh, you know, a lot of people were kind of questioning where Cooper Cup's value was, where Robert Woods value was uh, pre-trade. So I, I think there's opportunity to buy at a discount there. Uh, so that's where I'm going to be trying to do here, especially if I have a couple contenders. Um, you know, for Detroit, um, you know, uh, Goff isn't a fantastic quarterback. He's not terrible. Um, this whole team is just in, in a complete rebuild right now. So, you know, they barely have any wide receivers on, under contract. I think they have, what, Cephas and maybe Marvin Jones? No, um, no, Marvin Jones is off, right? Okay, so you know Cephas. No, it's literally um, Cephas and two guys that you've never heard of. It, there you go. I think so, it's like Victor Bolden Jr. and <laughs> I'm serious, and some other dude. You know, it's uh, it, this is a complete rebuild move for the Lions. Um, you know, you could get you get sta- uh, I'm sorry, you get Goff. He's a younger quarterback. You know, maybe you see what you got into him. If he doesn't work out, you know, you can always draft or you get another guy in there at some point. But um, again, I, I like I like the move for TJ Hawkinson. I think I think, you know, Hawkinson could have a, a really decent 21 with golf under center. Um, I don't know why people are all of a sudden starting to fade Swift because of golf. I, I think that that's ridiculous. And uh, I'm still uh, all in on the DeAndre Swift hype train and riding that thing right to the end. Um, but Well, you should be, man, because before Swift broke out, you were pretty adamant on our unscripted podcast. Hell yeah. And, and I, I backed you up that like by, by a late season surge here. Hell yeah. And, and, think- and the thing that you should be focused on is not what Goff's value is to, uh, to, uh, Swift, but what Anthony Lynn's value? Yes, is there we go to DeAndre Swift, and that's and that's part of what you talked about earlier, Jax. Like one of the things we do on our podcast is pay attention to coaching changes. You know, pay attention to schemes and and and, and tendencies and th- things like that. And Anthony Lynn could instantly make DeAndre Swift a top five running back like that. 
I mean, if he catches 45, 55 balls, 60, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, that that to me would be maybe even like a semi-floor considering his running backs are capable of catching 80, 90, 100 catches. Can I, can I ask you a question? If you had a pick right now, sitting sitting down on the board, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, where are you going? You know I love them both, man. <laughs> You're the, we're the same you know one, I love dude. them both, but <laughs> I would same? say Swift has a better chance of being like a serious workhorse. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And they both, to me, have, have very high ceilings. Right. But because of Anthony Lynn, that I can't speak on that enough. That to me, the tie goes to that. So if there's a tie, it, it's Anthony. If Anthony Lynn was still, um, you know, or, or would have went to the Rams, for, that would have been a whole different story than it would be Acres. Here we go. You know, it's pretty funny, you guys. Uh, I asked one question about the Stafford trade, and that's why you guys are the best. We're we're just we've gone all the way around. BZ touched every part of that deal. Absolute fire, and that's why y'all should be listening to uh, the unscripted pod because they're the best. But another thing that I found kind of interesting is that we have uh, Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift at nine and ten in our uh, consensus rankings, and uh, all of us within like a pick of each other. It's like. Uh, Jake, you have uh, bees, you have them like at 11 and 12, whatever. But point is, you have Swift one pick ahead of Acres. Paul, mm-hmm. you actually have Acres ahead of Swift. I have uh, uh, Acres ahead of Swift by one. I have them at seven and eight, which mm-hmm. is pretty strong. Uh, but regardless, so I think it's a fair question. And you know, after the trade, I do like I do like Acres a little bit more just because of touchdown upside. I mean, if you tell me which which team is going to have a running back score 15 touchdowns. Well, it's probably going to be Acres, I I suppose, right? Because Detroit might not score fifteen touchdowns, but uh, you know, you get my you get my drift. But other than that, I thought it was uh, I thought it was an interesting trade, and you know, everybody's saying, oh, they gave up too much to get Stafford. It's like they really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up a twenty two and a twenty three first. If they're a good team, those are two late first. I mean, it, and it's kind of like uh, you know, for us in, in Dynasty, it's like it's also not this year's first. Like, I mean, I know they don't have any first, but so what? You know they're going to be a good team. They're they're literally an all in right now. If this doesn't work right now, it's not like they're going to be good in four years because of those two draft picks. I don't right. fucking know about any of that. But what I do know is that they need to be good right now because they are all in up against the cap. They've got you know yeah. Jalen Ramsey, and Aaron Donald on defense who all need to be paid. They've got they were up against cap hell with Goff. They paid the extra first round pick to get rid of his ass. And I don't know. I thought that, I thought that was pretty good. I I think. Um, I think it's been confirmed, but uh, I know this is true that Carolina Panthers thought they had a deal in place for Stafford, and they were just going to give up the one one eight, you know, the eighth pick in this year's draft. And um, you know, I, the one eight is certainly, I, I think, more valuable than the twenty two and twenty three random first back there. So, yeah. I mean, I thought that you know, so to me, it's like people were like two first. My God, it's like look, they were going to have to give up something premium to get Stafford because that's what he was going for. And yeah, I thought it was a good trade for the Rams. And, and conversely, it's probably a good trade for Detroit because they weren't going to win shit with or without Stafford. They're kind of spoiling him. He's only got two years left. They weren't going to resign him. They were able to turn it into some, this is one of those win-win trades in the, in the NFL, I think. And and for fantasy, yeah, Detroit's a little bit of a, a, a of a, of an interesting spot because there's going to be a lot of changes there. So I, I couldn't agree with you guys more. Beautiful. Well, it worked too because Detroit didn't have to 
trade their quarterback and then turn around to, okay, crap, who's going to be our next quarterback? They took care of that all in one failed swoop. Say what you want about Jared Goff, but I mean, he's going to be better than, you know, half the options out there. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think they I said, uh, uh, Jared Goff is a top 30 quarterback in the NFL. Like he, you know, he's a starter. Like, I don't know if he's 18 or 23, you know, some, I don't know. He's something like that. Right. I mean, I think we'd all agree that he's not a 35th best quarterback. He, he deserves to be a starter, but I also think it's one of those purgatory quarterbacks where if you have them, you're probably not winning anything and, but you're probably good enough to not get a premium pick. I don't know. He kind of puts you in that, in that no man's land, but you know, I guess, for Detroit, that's probably a good thing right now. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a, it, they're just they're just trying to they're just trying to grab whatever capital they can get and rebuild that team, man. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Yep. That's it. Paulie, you got anything on that? No, I mean, I guess we didn't talk about like Woods and Cup and the pass catchers over there too much, right? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think you're right on the money, though. Like, right. So um, it can't be any worse. Like. You know, Stafford throws the ball downfield a bit better than than. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it's worse. I think it's and, great. And I I think we're back to pretty much where we've always been with the Rams and drafting. Yeah, you yes. take the second one. <laughs> yeah, at value. <laughs> yes, <laughs> correct, correct. Whichever. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with either one of those guys. Just like it's been for six or seven years, man. And it got to the point with Cup and Woods when people would argue it. My thing would be like, who cares? Yeah, you guys need to quit arguing over who's the. They're both badasses, and if somebody's going to throw the ball downfield, they'll both get fed. And that's where I've always been with it. I think Cup's going to ascend because I've I've seen a lot of talk about him benefiting more, and and I'm fine taking Robert Woods if if he's a round and a half later than mm-hmm. Cup or two rounds later, whatever it ends up being. Oh, Stafford was targeting Amendola a lot in the slot. That's why, like those last, you know, uh, half the season, it was just sure. But he also targeted uh, Calvin Johnson a lot downfield. Well, that's it. So again, you're looking at two different scenarios here. Like, why was Stafford targeting the slot so much? It was because Kenny Galladay was out, and they only had Marvin Jones on the outside, and the slot was where there was there was an opportunity. Right. You know, same with T.J. Hawkinson, that kind of a deal. So. Again, change that scenario around. That's the worst kind of recency bias. When you turn it into knowing what chunk of the offense and how the ball is distributed when you don't do what you just did, BZ, and go, well, what were the circumstances of Amadola getting fed so much? Yeah. Situations matter. We always talk about this. They're huge. Understand the situation that you're seeing. And they're fluid. And yes, that's it. They're right there in front of you. Like, make your decision based off of that, not of that recency bias of all oh, this guy's freaking fantastic or he sucks or whatever. You know, gotta look got at a, it as a whole. I got a good one for you guys too. I, I don't know what's going to happen in in uh, Vegas, but there's some rumblings about Derek Carr um, possibly moving on and getting traded, which would open up the door for Marcus Mariota. Um, I, I, you know, I've been stashing Mariota where I can because he's very cheap as a as a as a super flex quarterback, and his value could spike big time because if he if he becomes a starter, um, you know, he, he's probably not going to be a top ten starter or anything like that in a super flex league, but he's got a little bit of rushing upside, so I think it'll buoy him to a mid tier sort of QB two. I think it'll be fine in that you know fifteen to twenty range. You so. want as your QB two in a super yeah. flex league. Now, speaking of small samples, uh, th- that was a pretty small sample of Mariota behind the helm there, um, but I liked what I saw. He looked hungry. 
Um, he was accurate. He was throwing into some nice tight windows. He knew when to run, like you said, and he does have wheels. People always forget that about him. He used to be good for 50, 60 rushing yards a game, you know. Uh, so the un- the uh, that's not a bad dynasty buy right now at all. I know? agree. The unscripted podcast known for its small samples and tight windows. Ah, Go ahead, Beasy. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Beasy. Hey, this is an undrafted type of joke, but you know the unscripted is going to have to deal with it. Go ahead, yeah, you know, no, no doubt. Um, I, again, you know, you hit it right on the head, Paulie, with <laughs> and and Jax with this Mariota thing, and um, definitely a buy low. I mean, there's not this. This is going to be a crazy off season because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be swap, uh, swapping quarterbacks right now. Well, there <clears> seems so, like there's so much uncertainty, right? I mean, we oh, have the that's Wentz, it. the Wentz hurts thing, the car yes. Mariota thing, like you know Deshaun Watson, the, Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, obviously right now, Houston is saying, we don't want to trade you. Please stay. And Watson's saying, ah, I hear Denver's kind of nice in the in November. You know, he's just <laughs> he's, he's tweeting like, you know, all these little like vacation spots. He's thinking about, oh, Miami, that's a, that's a pretty nice. But, you know, so Watson wants out and, you know, he knows he doesn't have all the leverage unless he wins the, the war in the, in, you know, in the media, which he kind of has done. But I think Houston, the, the Texans front office is starting to like ugh, ease control back a little bit right now by saying, no, we're just not trading you. So just wait a minute. We're going to have to talk yeah. about this, you know? Yep. I mean, then you, then you got the whole, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins could possibly be on, you know, had for a trade. You got Minshew over in Jacksonville. You got Sam Darnold up in New York. I mean, all these guys could be getting swapped and moved. And we could see like this whole just completely different scenario for 2021 which is going to shape a lot of you know uh your your wide receivers your you know your offenses as a whole are just going to change drastically so it's gonna be an interesting offseason I'm, I'm excited for it and um you know like i said but with Carr, uh if he moves on mariota is definitely a good buy i i would you would think that they would probably bring somebody in maybe draft somebody if they could i, I don't know i'm just kind of throwing it out there it depends on the confidence that they have in mariota but um I can tell you right now, Nathan Peterman ain't to get fucking big, you know, the guy to take over if Mariota gets hurt. So I, I tweeted today, I'm sure you saw it. The Nathan Peterman Henry Rugg stack is going to be dope. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, Live that one up. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, first round draft pick Henry Ruggs, just dominant out there. Um, hey, another one. I mean, it's going to be interesting. This is why you guys have to get back on the pod because I need to hear you guys tell me what the hell's going on. Like, there's, you know, there's going to be so many uh, things changing so quickly, and you know, with these quarterbacks, like you didn't mention Jameis Winston, like oh, this Taysom yeah. Hill, Jameis Winston situation. Like every place you look, you know, Be- Big Ben wants a contract. I mean, it's just all. Uh, I mean, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Eagles, Matt Ryan, Colts, San Francisco, I mean, San Francisco. Right? It's crazy. So New England. New yeah. England, yeah, don't do not do that to me. I mean, come on. These guys have had enough and pain. the Texans, if they – I do not think the Texans are going to trade Watson. I don't think they're going to. I agree. I don't think they're going to. Unless they get some massive package that they just cannot refuse. I mean – That's the Undroppables would... podcast, massive packages. Massive packages. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no next, guys, baby. Yeah, you guys keep getting your uh, pods confused, but that's all right. Uh, so, I mean, you know, all these quarterbacks moving in. And then, and then we get to uh, we get to the to the to the reason for the season, and we go to the Super Bowl, and those two quarterbacks ain't moving. I mean, these guys are, you know, firmly planted 
uh, on their teams. And, you know, some of these storylines heading into the game, I mean, Brady going to his, you know, uh, 10th Super Bowl, uh, you know, which seems like it can't even be realistic. Like who ever would have thought that any player, let alone quarterback, would ever go and, and start 10 Super Bowls. It's really kind of crazy. So for me, this whole thing kind of, and maybe for some reasons that I, I don't know what they are, but <laughs> this all starts and stops with Tom Brady for me. You know, even though Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the field uh, for sure, this is this feels like another Tom Brady Super Bowl. I'm not saying he's going to win. I'm just saying it's it's his show, it's, so to speak. Yeah, you know, I'll, 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 I'm going to tell you a little. You know, I'm, I'm up here in New Hampshire. You know, I'm on the Massachusetts border. Um, you know, you know, I work at a sports bar. We get all the fans in for the games and all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, man, the Pats fans up here in New England have all gone to Tampa Bay. It's a Tampa Bay. It, it's it's a New England Buccaneers is basically yes, what it is, and sure. they're all that when Peyton Manning went to the went to Denver, yeah. there were Broncos, Peyton Manning jerseys all over Indianapolis. Yeah, it's, it's people wild. will stick with a franchise quarterback. You know, makes sense. Yep, it does. And you know, I, I again, like you said, this is absolutely like a Tom Brady game. This is his time to shine. This is this is him. Um, and like I said, man, you couldn't ask for a better matchup. You got the the, the new guard and the old guard. You know, matching yeah. it up, best of the best, dude. You got two great offensive-minded coaches. You've got you know multiple players from both teams who are Pro Bowl wide receivers, running backs. This this is, this game is just going to explode. If, yes. if this isn't if this doesn't crush the over, I don't know what will. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm super excited about it. I do think Brady is going to put on a performance. Um, Definitely look at Gronk here because I this could definitely be one of those Brady Gronk performances for the ages to ride one one up. Um, but I do like Mahomes in this one a lot. I think that kid's going to put a battle on, and I think this game is going to be real close. It's going to come down the wire, and I'm going to take Mahomes in this one. Yeah, I kind of well, you know, you're kind of stepping on a little later in the show. We're going to ask you oh, to sorry. make a pick. No, it's okay. Damn, I mean, sorry. now we know where you're I mean, at. I got, I, mean, exci- I got excited. That's okay. I, I I might be with you. I mean, you know, it's really really hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, to me, especially when he has Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and and Tyreek Hill, and a a lively enough defense, and like I don't know, man. Like I just feel like every time Mahomes has the ball in the second half, like he's going to convert and get in the end zone. Like that's just. It, it feels like an unstoppable machine. Like, it just feels that way. And, you know, even in Tom Brady's greatness, I don't know that he ever felt that way. I mean, I always felt like, you know, he had to be so precise where Mahomes is, like, prolific. Like, he's just – it's like a video game. He's crazy. He's fast. He can, like – like, even if things aren't there, he can scramble and get away from it. And just the 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 weapons at his disposal, including his own legs, are – just something I've never ever seen before ever in my life, uh, you know. And and I'm really old, so I, I've I've seen a lot of things, and I've never seen anything like it. So I mean, it's really kind of this awesome sort of challenge for Brady to win his seventh Super Bowl. He has to defeat Mahomes again, which he did once in an epic game where D Ford was offside and everybody, you know, the controversy in that game. But it was like 38-35. It wasn't like yeah, one yeah, lucky yeah. play won that game. You know, right. Brady was unbelievable, and, and so. Are we going to see that again? I sure hope so, right? I, I want to see a close game. Uh, I feel like there's just no way that Kansas City gets blown out, but it's certainly possible the other way around, I feel like. so. But my, oh, my, what, what an electric game this will be in terms of like visually pleasing with Brady versus Mahomes and holy smokes. 
I mean, these defenses too, man. These defenses are no joke. So they're gonna they're gonna be battling it out, man. I mean, uh, dude, that Devin White kid from Tampa Bay is a animal. Like, wow. Well, this kid, that, the kid's gonna be a superstar. He, he is kid. already. I think there's a lot I of a lot of great uh, defensive players. Uh, on the Tampa Bay side of the football, um, which is kind of interesting because they've been so good all year, Tampa Bay's defense. So let's get into it. Um, you know, the when 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 Kansas City has the football, you know, obviously we know exactly what they're doing, right? They they've got uh, the, the the greatest tight end in the game. They've got the absolute most dynamic and and sort of dominant receiver in the game in Tyreek Hill. And they've got a quarterback with the best arm, you know, I've ever seen, but they do have one problem and getting to those deep routes. They, they do lose their left tackle. Uh, They already were missing their, their right tackle. So now they're down to sort of, you know, some replacement level players at the tackle position, or at least we assume so, right. I suppose they could step up big, but um that's a little bit of a concern for me, especially with this Tampa defense that showed last week they can create pressure. And if they can create pressure again, it, it could be their sort of pathway to winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean that Tampa Bay defense was six overall, I believe, mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of a defense. And you know they're going to have to that this team is really going to have to play lights out. I mean. If I'm not mistaken, Travis, I mean, I'm sorry, Tyree Kill tore them up the last time they played. I believe he went off for a monster game against them. He did. And let, me t- let me tell you his line real quick. He had 15, yeah. t- 15 targets, 13 catches, 269 yards, and three touchdowns. So it was like a Devontae Adams, <laughs> like beginning of the season type thing, dude. 269 uh, t- yards and three touchdowns. Like, this is the thing that, like, I mean, I don't know how the hell they let that happen, right? And so that that can't happen again. I don't know what their scheme will be. I mean, I, it, that's unbelievable. This, this is kind of where when I look at the Tampa Bay's defense and I'm kind of looking at how this game is going to flow, uh, this is where I think Tyreek Hill and even a player like McCole Hardman are going to benefit a lot in this game because they're smaller wide receivers who are quick. You know, they just they can get down the field. They can, you know, create separation real fast and they can and they get the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Um, they have they have issues with these small wide receivers that can book. So they're gonna take advantage of that. This is why I kind of feel like you know, Nicole Hardman. I've been looking at a few of his bets to see kind of where he's at in terms of stuff because I feel like he could have a really decent game here against them just because of where the focus where they're gonna be focusing their their attention. Um but, you know, this is going to just – the defense is going to have to figure out some way to shut down Tyreek and not let that happen again because if it does, then <laughs> it, it's, it might not be a very close game. Well, well the, Miko, these, I, I think he nailed it. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to have to get uh, something close. The, the only thing is I don't think they'll be going downfield right off the bat. No. I mean, you, you never put it past somebody to, to, to take a big shot early. But other than that, with that pass rush – Jason Pierre-Paul, man, like, how is he still playing at this level? Like, he's a, he's a beast. Great and Peter Bay and, and the Gamayon Sioux and, and those guys, man, I think Jack that Barrett. 
Wine, Devontae yeah. David. Like their their defenses, their front is so good. I mean, you know, they 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 allowed the fewest rushing first down conversions in the league. Um, you know, it's kind of a weird little stat, but it kind of shows you what they are. Like they just don't let you run on them. Their their front is just so solid across, and they're able to get pressure while stopping the run, right? So even if you play action them or whatever, like they've got pressure with four because up the middle they've got pressure. They're, they're just a really good front. And that's a little bit of concern. This is definitely the best defense that Mahomes has faced in the playoffs thus far. I mean, he played Buffalo and Cleveland. Now he loses Eric Fisher, and they've got to go up against his front. This is what I'm talking about. Well, you mentioned the line earlier. And like, uh, so center Austin Ryder is the only player on the line playing where he was at the start of the season they lost eric fisher and michelle schwartz uh to injury and to covid and they lost kalika osimile um earlier in the season so that's it they're they're the the pass rush getting in and i don't think they should be trying any jet sweeps right off the bat either because if that pass rush is blowing up these two guys you know these backups playing and gets in there. I think they need to do bubble screens and little outside short stuff to the two guys that you talked about, man, Hill and uh, McCole, to open it up. I think the game could be ended up being a lower scoring than most of y'all want and and where the betting line is too. 56, I kind of like playing some money under that Um, (laughs) and maybe even under on some of these passing props too. I, I like to, I like doing a little contrarian this 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 Super Bowl, and I think that the the lines the line play is going to be dominant and slow things down more than than what people want. Well, it's yeah. certainly possible. The one thing though, with when Kansas City's got the ball, is with backup offensive linemen uh, littered across it, and that front, I don't think they're going to find any fruit with running the football. No. I just don't. Right. <laughs> I mean, their backs aren't that electric. I mean, CEH is their best player in the backfield, and I don't know where he's at. And Daryl Williams doesn't have the juice. And, you know, I don't know. I think there's, they're going to have to run opportunistically, but they're not going to be able to, you know, establish the run, to use a phrase. I mean, they're not going to be able to do that. So Daryl has outkicked his coverage, though, man. He's played – at a higher level than I think people thought he was capable of. Sure. No, I'll give him a lot of credit. My point is against this Tampa team who no. doesn't allow rushes. No, I don't know that they can game plan to think they're going to run the football effectively. No. So their game plan has to be to throw the football, which, you know, they should be able to do. But here's, that's my point is like, I feel like Tampa Bay is not going to let them run the football. We're not going to see Kansas city run all over them. We did see the, the sort of Kansas city throw to Tyreek Hill at will, and run for you know 50 to 70 yards every time he touches it for touchdowns all over the place. We saw that. But is that something that can repeat itself? Right. I don't know. I mean, I would think that if, you know, look, if, if I'm Tampa Bay's defensive coordinator, I might put a couple guys on him, you know? Might want to keep an eye on that dude. <laughs> yeah, it might be a good idea, dude. Yeah. It's a slight one. You know? So, I mean, you got to figure they're going to have to change that game plan, and that's, that's where you come up with the Miko Hardmans and, you know, Maybe it's a Travis Kelsey game. I don't really know, but I think that Tampa Bay defense can be always a Travis Kelsey game. Basically, yes, dude. Yeah. Yes. Like, isn't he a lock for nine catches? Yes. Yes. I think he's the one that, if you're going to bet, bet over because that's a security blanket. 
it's a it's a quicker pass, right? He's open quicker than some of the guys deep breaking. So I think I think Kelsey's going to see a lot of targets, and and why wouldn't you? It's the Super Bowl. You got to win this football game. So you know those are the things I'm going to be looking at. Can can Tampa Bay create pressure with four? If they can create pressure with four and get help on Tyreek Hill over the top, they can make this a little bit interesting. Hundred percent, I agree with that. The question is, will they, right? Will they be able to? Because nobody seems to be able to stop them. Now, if you flip it on over to the other side of the football and you start talking about, um, uh, you know, when when Tampa Bay has the football, it kind of changes because as as good as Kansas City is on defense, they're they're about a middle of the road defense in almost every way. Um, they do a couple things better than others, but they, they they're pretty opportunistic as well. Um, but they can be run on. Uh, Ronald Jones had a little bit of success in their first matchup. I think it's probably more likely to be a bit more of a Leonard Fournette game, but I think Ronald Jones will see five to 10 carries in this game, you know, in spots where they feel like they can get something with him. And if he breaks one too, I mean, here's, here's what I'm thinking is that that offense has to have a few good runs to kind of keep that, that chief's defense honest so that Brady can make some plays. Um, You know, one other thing that was of note that, uh, you know, the the great Warren Sharp had mentioned on his podcast was, you know, with uh, Kansas City really defends the outside very well. And uh, in their previous matchup, they they basically stopped them on the outside. And then they had 14 uh, pass attempts in the second half. And I think 12 of them went to the slot. So this is a this is a Chris Godwin game, I think. And, you know, I think that's where they're going to be looking is is to be able to run the football with Gronk in line, uh, play action to Gronk and 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 Godwin slot and tight end. I, I really think that's going to be the game plan, and whether or not it works or not, I don't know, but um, it, it should be very interesting. I like that Godwin call. I mean, just for a f- I mean, you know, again, you're correct on that slot usage. I just think that again, and Godwin's got a lot of motivation to play a big game. He because, does. I mean, he, you know, he's got a contract here. He, he's, he's looking for the money right now. You know, you go out paid. there. Yeah. It's what I'm saying. You go out there and you smash, you know, uh, eight catches, 110 yards, two touchdowns and in the Super Bowl, and you are going to increase your value on that market. So he's got a lot of motivation to play. So I like the Godwin call. I think Paulie uh, fell off the, the turnip truck. He's currently uh, running behind. He's on a skateboard. He's pushing. No, I was just looking up some stuff. Speaking of uh, Chris Godwin, uh, uh, Evan Massey uh, reports that uh, the Colts are going to go after him in the offseason. They should. I heard that, dude. They should. Pittman and Pittman and uh, and Godwin, dude. That's a that's a nasty combo right now. Yeah, and reports are they want to bring Ty back too because. Uh, that they are um, not feeling the big desire for for going after him in the market. They don't think his his value's really been gone, been driven up very high. So they think they can get a hometown discount for him, and he'll probably give it to him. So I wouldn't be, I w- I wouldn't be surprised. Um, very yeah. interested to see if the Colts do go after a big free agent wide receiver. And I know we're talking about the Super Bowl, but I'm also a Colts fan. And I love Chris Godwin, and you brought him up, and this report just came out, so I had to. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting some blue balls on this one, man. Like, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I'm a Pats fan, and it's like, even if you told me that the Pats signed Chris Godwin, I'd be like, eh, whatever. Like, I really feel like if if the Colts got Chris Godwin, it's like that's a that's a that's a good ad. But if that was uh, my that was my gift 
to, to the dude that reported it. Yeah. That's always, that's always a classic. That yeah, was my boner, gift to Evan Nassie. alert for sure. <laughs> but uh, but like um, at least you have a team that's worthwhile. Like, you know, you got all the pieces in place, man. That 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 team could use a player like that to take it over the top. Uh they do need a uh what do you call it? Quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah, yeah, one of those one of those would really they go. They do need a what you call it? Uh quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever. Jacoby Brissett back there right now looking like a you know. <laughs> Chad Kelly's now like Chad a, Kelly. There's now <laughs> like a dog. 30, Get him in there. Only a 30% chance that it is going to be Brissett. And I hate that. Yeah. I mean, if he wasn't your guy in 21, now he's going to be your guy in 22. Mm. I, I don't sense. think it will be. I think they're going to find, you know, there's just too much of this carousel. I think they're going to find, no, you they'll, know, they'll get like use, Ryan Patrick before they put Brissett back there, man. Sure. Which I, yeah. I, I would love. I mean, you get, I, I love would love them to yeah. draft a dude and to pick up Brian Fitzpatrick as a stopgap yeah. and, and teach the guy some stuff because he loves football. He's also like so energetic. And if you watch him play and he just sees like a kid in the backyard playing, like I think that would be good for the locker room. And I think he would be, he would be a good win now guy because yeah. he can duck the damn rock. And we have a good offensive line that could keep him upright and a yep. really good running back to, to hand it off to. If he wants to get rid of the ball real fast, I mean, all the pieces are there. Add like Allen Robinson or Galladay or or Chris Godwin, Ty coming back possibly, and Michael Pittman, Paris and Campbell, Paris Campbell. If he ever ever gets healthy, he will be a thing too. Um, whoever's quarterbacking for them is they just need a running back because they got this good running back, but he's not very good. I mean, he's not great, he, you know. He's he's not Clyde Edwards, Edward Tolaire, dude. You he's know, not I elite. He, I heard he fumbled a lot. He yeah, fumbles too, too much, too much Bad wear vision. on the tires. Bad he actually had two. He actually had two crucial drops in a game that we <laughs> needed it badly, and yeah. he did. And so did Hines. Yeah, yeah, he did too. It, You're right. It it really sucked when it came down to it. The guys with the with like the top two catch rates in the league, right? One A and one B both dropped three balls, you know, combined in a in a, in a crucial game, but. <laughs> They this were catching how, 90% is, of the balls during the season. So just this is how good Polly Sleepers is. This is how good Polly Sleepers is. He takes a Super Bowl pod and just fucking turns it into an Indianapolis <laughs> Colts pod. pod. Dude, yes. Oh. While, while, while you were sleeping. <laughs> yes, dude. It, this happens on unscripted all the time, man. It's either it's either we go Indianapolis. Know, like, how like, the hell are we talking about this guy yes. right now? We were it, talking it, about IDPs, yes. and all of a sudden you're talking about Todd Gurley. What the fuck? Yeah, is Chad Kelly came up. I mean, this is amazing. This is unbelievable. You're very good at this, Paulie. I, I give you a lot of credit. You have anything about uh, when Tampa Bay has the football uh, in a, in a, in the Super Bowl? Anything on that? When I went to you and I tossed it over to you and you looked at me with the cigarette in your mouth and I gave like. You the uh, as always, or as usually, I like BZ's take. Um, I, I like Chris Godwin in this game, and I like what you were saying about Ronald Jones. I, he's got two extra weeks to get healthy. I mean, they gave him like hardly any action last game, so it, the the backfield will be dominated by Leonard Fournette. Yes. But I think I think Ronald Jones could give you that big splash play, that thirty five yard run to really it's energize, possible. you know, or, or or you know, bigger than that even. Um, because they can be run on. So, I, you know, if I was prop betting, um, I think that would be a fun one to bet on. I don't know about Gronk too much. They've been using him to block a lot lately. Dude. Yes. And it's been very successful for them. 
because they've got some younger guys they can throw out there that can make plays when they need to, too, like Scotty Miller and, and Johnson. Um, you know, the, those young guys can, can fill in and they can go wide receiver heavy. And, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe old boy doesn't like throwing to the tight ends. <laughs> Arians. <laughs> old Arians, baby. Old Brucey. That's, that's the narrative. But uh, I don't know. Lately, I haven't seen him running too many routes. I haven't looked at the actual stats on that. But I, I think his route tree is down. You're 100% right, by the way. And uh, again, uh, you know, just want to make sure I'm shouting out my man Warren Sharp and not not thinking uh, I'm stealing anything here. But he he's the best in the business at at dissecting the games, and he brought up absolutely. Uh, and that guy's, I'm glad that you oh. referenced him because he, um, like him and Matt Harmon, are two guys for me that I look at a lot that that don't get the recognition they deserve. I mean, he's just the smartest guy there ever was, and and puts in the work. I mean, he he put out a 55 page uh report on the Super Bowl. A 55 page Jeez. report on the one game. It's like what the hell, man? It's breaking so, down everything. Everything tweet, dude. <laughs> I mean, it only I has mean, dude is a monster. likes. Yeah, it's, no. It's been up for two days and only has 680 likes, dude. I've seen like way worse tweets than that get like freaking over a thousand in like four hours. Like that's that's ridiculous it's criminal so anyway he had he had mentioned um you know that the chiefs are the worst team in the nfl at defending the tight end in the red zone and so kind of an interesting interesting little stat there that you know that the, the chiefs will give it up to the tight end in the red zone in addition you know they're better at at defending a slot tight end than they are defending an inline tight end gronk has been doing a lot of blocking you are correct I don't think he's going to change that. I think he is going to continue to block, but I think he's going to quote unquote leak out a few times. Leak out there and get that. Yeah, totally. You know or what I'm saying? Be, and or it could be the other guy, Brait. <laughs> oh, Brait's always Brait there when you don't. He's always there when you yes. got money on Gronk or you or you're playing him in your league, and and you need that score and it goes down there and right away. Like at first, you think you think it's Gronk because it's both eighty something and and Brait's a pretty big dude. So yes. at a glance, when they throw it to him and he scores for like a split second, I think it's Gronk. And I'm like, oh, no, that's Bray. Yeah. Yes. I think it's 85, 87 or something like he's that. So they're even yeah. touchdowns there for 14 fucking years. Yeah. And, 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 and I'll tell you, he's he's also a good prop bet to score as well because, again, they don't do a good job uh, defending, you know, the tight ends in the red zone. So absolutely. Uh, it should be kind of interesting. Um, you know, let's let's talk about what the hell we think is going to go on. I mean, cause here's the deal. We've got a We've got a game. Kansas city's favored by three. The over unders 56. Uh, maybe we just have to come up with a prediction here, you know, final score. And of course the final score is going to say whether you've got, you know, Kansas city in the over or whatever, uh, who, who, anybody want to go first or. I will, uh, All right, hit it up. I, I think it's going to be under just a little. And uh, I learned, finally learned, and I don't know if you saw me tweet about four weeks ago that like, okay, guys, like I'm going to need some time during this really emotional time for me, but Tom Brady is the GOAT. And that's that's hard for a Colts fan to say. I mean, you, you know, grew up he's hating the this goat. guy. But he's the damn GOAT. And um, I, I learned once and for all not to bet against him. I guess I had forgot. And it's funny because like every prop bet I made, like in the community, I won in 2019. Every single prop bet I made in 2020, I lost. 
people were hitting me up and like showing me like screenshots of shit I forgot about. And they kept piling up and I'm like, oh my God, I made like $400 in prop bets and I lost all of them. One of them was to a guy and it was a Tom Brady bet. And I was saying, my, my take was if he had his pick of teams that were a Tom Brady away from the Super Bowl and he's got one chance, why did he pick the Bucks? And a Bucks fan jumped in and said, why don't you think they're a Tom Brady away from the Super Bowl? Their defensive line is good. Their, their secondary was hurt um, all of most of last year. So, I mean, they're way better than that. You know, they've got two great wide receivers and, uh, and we made a little bet. And if, uh, if um, they made it to the NFC championship game, we decided that would be a push because I didn't think they would come any close to, I, I didn't even think they would make the playoffs. So um, as soon as they um, made it to the, or, Yes, whatever. I lost the bet when they made it to a, a, a <laughs> yeah, well, and I had totally <laughs> forgot about this. And I just and I'm like, God damn, Tom Brady did it again, man. And got this DM like like five minutes later, and it was the screenshot. And it, it was cool though, it was for charity. And we decided that we would do, you know, just pick your own charity. And uh I ended up donating to you know build some houses for you know, and I've done that before, I'll do that again. So it ended up being fine. But I decided right then and there, I'm never betting against that man again. So I take the Bucks and I take the under. Wow! What's the final score? Final score, Polly. That's a that's a dope that's a dope take. What's the score? Twenty seven to twenty four. That is an under. That is an under. Twenty seven to twenty four will oh, be an under. We gotta do some fucking math. <laughs> <laughs> I was the uh, the uh, the Chevy Chase. I was told there wouldn't be any math. Um, I was told there wouldn't be any math, and here's some boy <laughs> fucking donor's favorite gift. Yeah. It's such a good one. I was told there would be no math. Uh, so I, I'll I'll filibuster for you, BZ. You keep doing math. I know, I know. Um, I, here's the thing: as a Patriots fan, I I have been you know doubting Tom Brady not with not because I don't think he's great, but just because when it's your team, you're always so nervous if they're going to win or lose, and you just can't believe that they're going to win, especially you know when he won with Rache Caldwell as his number one wide receiver, which, of course, Peyton Manning was never able to do. Sorry, Paul, I didn't know if you were listening. Uh, but no, really, I mean, you know, Tom has done it in so many different ways, and now he's finally got all these weapons, and he's got a pretty good defense, and I'm just like, I can't, I'm with you. I can't, it's hard to, 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 to bet against him. However, the guy's 43 years old and he's playing the supernova that is Mahomes. And I feel like, I, you know, one of the reasons I bet that the uh, uh, Bucks were going to beat the Saints was because I felt like Brady was going to outduel Breeze. Uh, and I said it on this uh, on this pot that, you know, Brady's going to outduel Breeze. And that's going to be the difference in the game in the fourth quarter. And I think this one's going to be the same thing. I think Tampa Bay's defense is going to be at least frisky enough to make this a game for most of the game. It's not just going to go up and down. They're going to have to find a way to stop Tyreek Hill. I think they'll do that to some degree. He won't have 270 yards. And at the end of the day, I think it's going to be just Mahomes with one extra play and Brady just unable to match that electric, you know, sort of like that Philly Super Bowl where Brady can be great. I don't think he's going to be bad, but it's just not going to be enough against this unbelievable Kansas City team in the second half when they're all guns blazing. Uh, Kansas City seems to get to 30 every single game. So it's going to be very hard for them to not get to 30 in a game where everything's on the line. I mean, even against San Francisco when they played really bad, 
uh, in that Super Bowl. I think they got to 27 or something like that. They got pretty damn close. I, I got to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the 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 Chiefs to score that final touchdown, Polly. Instead of losing 27-24, they're gonna win 30 to 27, and it's gonna be you know right on the money. The, the Vegas has this right on the right on the right on the mark, man. It's going to be right around fifty-seven, and so I'm going to go over, and I'm going to take I'll take thirty-one twenty-seven. How's that? Just to let you know, I'm going to take the Chiefs and the wow. over, Chiefs Dude. and the over. But man, it's going to be razor razor close. So just <clears throat> I'll I'll give you it. I was I'm going to take the over, and my <laughs> score that I wrote down right here. Was thirty one twenty eight KC? Yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that. I think you were spot on with this. Happen. Well, look, Paul, you've got the same game, right? Because what you're saying is that it's going to come down. <laughs> it's going to come. <laughs> that's awesome. It's going to come down to that last, you know, that last field goal touchdown, something last possession. And it's like it's hard to bet against Tom Brady, but you know, Beasy. Tell tell us your your line of thinking here, and, and bring us into how you how you uh, you know figured out how to copy me. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, it, it, was, it was like honestly, man, it's like you just hit it so on the money. Where when KC gets into that second half, and that offense just really starts to get moving, and they feel that they get that rhythm, they're impossible to stop, man. I mean, Mahomes is just he's he's just he's a surgeon out there, man. He's precise. He's hitting them. He's reading the field well. Um, he's, it's almost impossible to stop him. Um, you know, I, I obviously what, what Brady has done with the Bucks has obviously been crazy. Cause who would have thought he would go to another Super Bowl with a brand new team and do this again. You got to give the guy a lot of credit. You know, the weapons are there for them to make this game close. But again, I think the, you know, the, the big difference in here is Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. I think Patrick Mahomes is just going to make that one or two plays more. That's just going to separate it all. And that's, what's going to give KC that edge moving forward. Cause he, he's, he's just that good. And Andy Reed, fantastic coach, fantastic coach. He's going to have these guys motivated to play. I know they've got some injuries. I know they've got some guys missing, but Reed is going to get the best out of these guys. We'll and um, I'm, I'm we'll feeling see. pretty good about it. I mean, I don't think Tom Brady's going to pass the torch. I think eventually he'll just set it down and someone will come over and pick it up. That would be very cool. That would be very cool. Hey, yeah. let me ask you this, though. I know one that thing based on – Come on, man. That was pretty yeah. good. Oh, that fuck. Was, that was, that was hey, I'm up with that shit. We're going to tell the guy, the producers, to cut that and put it out for you on a little thing. Don't worry. We got that saved. That was so, so silk. But I think we all agree – based on our commentary that uh, if we could have anything, it'd be like 27, 27, 54 seconds left. And, you know, Tom Brady with the ball in the 22, right? Like we want that, right? We want the, or, you know, make him down six. So he has to score a touchdown. I don't know. But my point is we want to see that last possession with Tom game Brady with drive. the ball. Yeah. Game when you drive, we want to see it. Hundred percent. I that you do want to see that in this game, man. You want to see the goat with it all on the line, dude. So it's a good it one because sometimes Super Bowls are way underwhelming, and those really suck. And I don't think this will be. I I, I just I, I hope it's going to be a good one. I, I think. Well, it's, it's one uh, of those games. Honestly, like you know, we Kansas City's proven this. If they're down twenty-four to nothing with two minutes to go in the half, they're not out of it. 
So, I, I mean, literally, no matter what the score is with the Chiefs, they're not out of it ever. Like, it's going to be tense if the Chiefs are down 25. Like, that's how it's crazy. And even for the for the Bucks, I mean, if they're down 14, it starts to get a little bit weird, but they're also not out of it. They get a stop, a, you know, score, stop, st- score, they're in it. So, you know, in this day and age, with the way that, that these teams can score so quickly, um, you know, even a two-score game isn't going to be crazy. It's just – you know, we just hope that it's it, it lines up. I mean, turnovers will always play a big part in this game, and if if either quarterback can, you know, uh, makes a big mistake or or two, you know, it could be over because that's going to be too much to overcome if the other team is is scoring points and you're turning it over. But also, like, they're not supposed to have any inkling at all that this is a home game. But right. isn't there going to be a little advantage there from a comfort level? Sure. The stadium he's been playing in all year, like you know, there's going to be more fans. Um, you know, Super Bowl crowds always a mixed crowd, but you know they're not going to have the cannons firing off the 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 pirate ships. They're not going to be able to put their logos up on the jumbotron and say make some noise, you know, when in case he's on offense. So they're not going to be able to do any of those hometown little things there. But still, you're playing in your. I mean, Brady gets the first home Super Bowl ever. Can you believe that? It's 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 pretty. I got it's so lucky. That's a three or four yeah. point advantage for me. So I don't think it should be a three point spread. I think it should be a pick 'em anyway, because yeah. I think that that three point leverage has got to go to Tom Brady for having that that not pseudo home field, but actual home field advantage. Sure. Who yeah. cares if? They- the cannons aren't going off the pirate ships. He's still playing in front of his crowd and doing his thing. Yep. Um, I, I think that's being overlooked, just the magic of him, yep. you know, and, and that. Like, I mean, he's got some Harry Potter shit going on. That <laughs> nobody else in the league has been able to to harness, man. Like he'll be he'll be he'll be playing Quidditch on a broom, flying around those fuckers and dropping it in the end zone. Big facts, big facts. <laughs> I yeah, went I over mean, the top there. I've never, I've never said good things about Tom Brady. So there was a lot of pent up. <laughs> I, I could see it. Overdue. We could see, see the passion, dude. It was, was a lot of overdue because he really, he really is good. Come on, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like he, he he's kind of like uh, who, I don't know how to equate him, but like he's one of those players where. You know, he went 199 in the draft. He wasn't very like fast. He doesn't have this cannon arm. Like, wasn't very fast. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. That's that's putting it nicely, <laughs> right? I mean, 40. he's in better shape right now, and he's faster yes. right now than he was at 21 years old. It's yep. amazing. It's absolutely it's incredible. Yep. I mean, then that's what that's what steroids can do for you. I mean, that's the point. That's why they should be legal. <laughs> I've been saying this for a long time. What? No? No? I like that. What? No? No? I say something wrong? What happened? No, nothing. It's I was listening (laughs) to your breakdown of it, dude. Go. I thought he did steroids. No? No, it's all avocados, dude. It's avocados. (laughs) (laughs) Avocados. You know, Giselle will will portion out three almonds when he gets home if they win, and only two if they lose. That's why yes. he's a good player. That's absolutely it, dude. He wants he wants that third almond. <laughs> yep. Only they're not almonds. They're they're <laughs> they're avocado pits. He probably eats. Oh, he, he probably does eat the pits, dude. He he's, he's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Giselle, yeah. did you grind up the pits for me today? 
<laughs> Why does he talk with an Irish accent all of a sudden? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he was in Boston for a long time, and he took on a little bit of that Matt Damon Boston. Okay. That way. Okay. You yeah. made him an no. Irish pirate. It I mean, only comes yeah. out at home. When he's okay. in front of the cameras and talking to everybody, he doesn't talk like that. Yeah, he keeps that. When he <laughs> drops his R's and shit when he's at home. Okay. All right. I just was curious. All right, so I think we've hit it all with this game. I mean, really, the only thing left is these prop bets, which we don't know anything about, so we're not going to hit them. Uh, all I know is, you're, you, you know, BZ gave a good one with the Mecole Hardman. It only takes one play for Mecole to go his his over, so not a crazy one. Uh, did you see what the Mecole one was, uh, BZ, because you mentioned I it earlier? I, I was trying to look it up real quick, but it just uh, – Oh. I can't really catch it, so I, I'd, I'd love to see what it is because I would definitely put something down on it. Um, so you got uh rushing yards. Mahomes is uh 19.5 on DraftKings. That seems low. That I was gonna say, it does seem I, I would take the over on that. I think he could, I think he'd hit that. Tom Brady's is 0.5. <laughs> well, here's the problem. It's funny, but he only has to rush for a yard. I no, mean, when he's when he's when he's kneeling on the football because he's won the game handily again, he he loses. The yeah. three yards on the three kneel downs, that's and he ends up with he ends up with negative two yards because he rushes for one yard and hits your prop for the touchdown. And then kneels. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire is only thirty point five, but we already talked about that. I'd be scared of that one. Leonard Fournette forty eight point five. Do you have uh, Do you have Leonard Fournette catches? Because I'm going oh, over. Well, I'm I'm in the category, okay. so it's yards right now. Ronald Jones, 37.5. I mean, I'd be scared of that one, too. Yeah, honestly. no, that's not a good one. Um, receiving, Leonard Fournette, 25.5. Gronk, 29.5. Mike Evans, I think we mentioned earlier, 63.5. I think I, I like the over there. Scotty Miller, 20.5. Daryl Williams, 12.5 receiving yards. I've seen him catch a ball and take it 14 yards yeah. a few times. Yeah. I mean, that really one That's or two catches. Prop. Yep. It only takes one or two catches. Yep. Um, Tyreek Hill, 92.5. They put that one up there. They did. That's, I mean, I, I think he could get it, but I mean, again, that's Clyde Edwards, 15.5. Antonio Brown, 40.5. I mean, that's low. That is pretty low. I, 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 You're I, I can, Nicole Hardman, 28.5. You're all over. Yeah. That. I'm all over that bad boy right there, baby. Let's go. It's minus, it's minus 121, so it's not quite even money, but still. Uh, yeah, Mecole's 28.5. I kind of like that one, too. Travis Kelsey's 94.5. Man, they got both the boys almost up on the 100 mark. Oh, shit. Godwin's 77.5. Yeah, he's going to eat. I'm telling you, Godwin's going to have a lot of, lot of looks. Kelsey is over 8.5 receptions. Boy, they hit that right on. What did I say earlier? He's probably nine. good for nine. Yeah. yeah, like you're right, man. When they when they set these lines, it's really scary how close they get on a lot of them. Yes, Michael Hardman over two point five. I mean, if you wanted to parlay a player prop, BZ, and make it like all for nothing, like parlay something you like with Michael over two point five and over twenty eight point five. Because if he hits one. He's hitting the other one. Oh yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, You'd hate to lose with two catches for sixty yards, though. I, I, I maybe just look at the yards there because seriously, he, he, he might do yeah. it all in one catch. Yeah, you know, I don't know if he'll get the targets, but he, he, you know, if he catches one, it's probably thirty yards. 
I mean, Godwin's is 5.5 and Mike Evans is 4.5. Yeah, Mike Those Evans. Are both you, they, very they, low. They, had, they had a hard time throwing the ball to the perimeter against the Chiefs. They just couldn't do it. So that's why in that, in that first game, they, they threw 12 out of 14 targets to the slot. And I think that what they're saying with that odd, with that four and a half to Mike Evans, is that they're just going to continue that game plan of feeding the middle of the field rather than even trying to go outside. Um, it, that, that's, the, that's the thinking on that line, and that's why it's so low. Which so other ones sure do we like? We liked, uh, liked Daryl Williams at 12.5 receptions, right? Yeah. So, pair, so par, parlay that with Mecole over 28.5 and then um, Godwin over 5.5. Yeah, I like all that. Whew. Buy it, baby. Buy it. <laughs> hey, speaking of buying it, we finally have our secret guest, and uh, and we're gonna get him in the we're gonna get him in the room. Uh, he's a crowd favorite of the undrafted. Everybody on the undrafted loves this guy. He's the crazy Shanghai warrior, my doppelganger. Actually, he's not. He looks nothing like me. Much better looking, much smarter, much more articulate. The man, the myth, the legend, Master June seventy. Mark Mathick is on the line. Mark Mathick, welcome, bro. Thank you, man. Great to be amongst uh, the No Neck crew. Yeah. <laughs> How it is, I buddy. Am. You did. Yeah, I would say you got one, man. So it's a, it's a, it's a good looking neck. <laughs> What's that? I've been told that before. I've been told that before. Yeah, really yeah like we, we believe that. We believe that. We almost saw the wrong one on the way out there earlier, but yeah. hey. <laughs> saw the turkey neck, bro. <laughs> tell you what, you were doing some inappropriate things, but you know, you just pump faked us, which is good because I didn't want to have that scarred into my memory. But what I do want to have scarred into my memory is who you think is going to win this game. Now, we did go around the, the, the room, so to speak, Mark, and we and we picked, you know. Kansas City's favored by three, and uh, the over/under is fifty-six. So we all picked the final score that would, uh, you know, re reveal whether we like Kansas City or Tampa Bay in this game, and kind of our final score would also dictate whether or not uh, we like the over or the under. So I'm going to ask you, Mark. You know, you can you can you can filibuster while you talk and answer this question by telling the good people of the Unscripted and Undrafted podcast why you think what you think, but eventually you're going to have to give us a final score that makes sense. So tell us what we, what's going to happen, Mark, and, and we should probably just listen to you because you're way smarter than all of us. Go ahead. Well, thank you very much, but that's not true. But I had a dream, Jax. I had a dream. I had a dream that I envisioned Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, getting off to a very fast, quick start. Leading at halftime by a pretty good margin. And then in the second half, my dream continued. And I envisioned Patty Mahomes reaching into his pocket, pulling out some magical rabbit and coming from behind and making it a very close game at the end with Kansas City winning by two points. So... How does that figure into the over 56, which is a very good number, by the way? Yeah, um, so you got to pick your final score, which will. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to go over. I can see it going either way. I, 
you know, but I, I think it's going to be over. Um, and I think that Kansas City is going to win by two points. I'm going to go with, uh, let's see, 37, 35. So, yep, I'm going to say it's going to be uh, over, over 60. So Kansas City by two points. Come from behind victory. It's going to be a little bit like the playoffs last year with Kansas City where they've, they kind of start off very slow and they have to claw their way back and win. So, and, and that final score is? Oh, so I have to give you a final score? Yeah, why not? I mean, you know, Mr. Nostradamus had this dream. You know, Brady did this, that, and the other, and and and, and, and the dream ends and you don't know the score? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I'm going way over the 56 because I love both teams and uh, I just love high scoring and I love fantastic finishes. 37-35, Kansas City. Final that's, drive, that's, baby. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's going to be like 35-31 and, 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 and off they go. And it's pretty funny because we all were basically saying that we the, the one thing that we really want to see is Tom Brady – with the ball in his hands with like, you know, 50 seconds left on his own 25 yard line, um, you know, with the game in, in, uh, on the line, right? Like that's the theater we're all looking for. Whether you're cheering for him or against him, you want to see it. You want to see him either come through or fail miserably. I'm sure. <laughs> Mark. Yes, sir. Were you listening earlier when you, when you left and you were in here and then you left, were you listening to our, the pod at all? No. I was outside on duty. I have no idea what you guys are. Mind officially blown. I was telling these guys that Brady had the magic that the league doesn't have. I may have even mentioned Harry Potter and and Quidditch. And then you come on here and say that Mahomes is going to do the magic and pull a rabbit out of his hat. That's why my mic was muted and I was over here like, whoa. <laughs> How are you talking that? <laughs> I was talking that. It's magic anyway. That's, that's, yeah, well, well, great. Great minds think alike. So I guess I am your mirror so you're going with one side yeah, I'm going with your house two. slytherin <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i think i think what it's going to boil down to is who has the magic right yeah that's it where is the magic coming from that's going to be the factor right there i oh, think you Go ahead. I, I would, I would, if I mean, whoever, I mean, I would just throw the game so I can get uh, pick 31 in the first round instead of pick 32. I think it's worth it. Uh, you're already in the Super Bowl. The check's already cashed. Just lose the thing, tank it. You know what I mean? I think that's the best play there. Yep. I like it. I like it. So it looks like we got uh, most of us, except for Polly, which is kind of interesting, going, going uh, all in on the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, in the fourth quarter, Polly has been shell shocked by Tom Brady so much that you know he he can't bet against him. I think that's probably pretty sound advice. Look, Tampa Bay's got the better defense, so we'll see if Tom Brady plus a defense can can dethrone the mighty Mahomes. That's really the 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 put it in a you know a, a nutshell kind of uh, you know words for wisdom. But uh, speaking of words of wisdom, you know we're we're gonna get going here. Uh, and, and sign off pretty soon, but wanted to mention, you know, this is uh, this is going to be on both on un, undrafted and unscripted. Uh, this this podcast, this little whatever the hell this was, uh, and uh, want to talk about what we're up to uh, at the Undroppables, and hopefully you guys can can come check us out. First of all, the the website is unbelievable. You know, we have Kyle Larson and Mike Reedy, and uh, you know, just so many so many guys writing so many great articles, uh, breakdowns player breakdowns we've got 
you know, mock drafts. We've already done two. We're going to do more. We have a draft kit coming. Uh, our 2021 rookie draft kit is going to be free. Holy smokes. I've seen some, you know, people with, with far less uh, content that we're going to be putting out for free, charging 30 and $60 for their draft kits. Forget about that. We're going to come out and, and share you guys, share with you guys what we're doing. And, and we want to, we want to be the spot where you guys are coming. We've got Brad Wire doing weekly um, offensive line rankings. Brad is, you know, proving his worth in this in this community and is probably one of the top three or four offensive line guys in fantasy football right now. And and this is his first year, so sky's the limit for what he's doing for us. We just brought in our our, our you know our YouTube channel is hitting it, so be sure to go to our YouTube page uh, and subscribe. Uh, please subscribe to all of our stuff, you know, our podcasts, our YouTube channel, rate and review, give us five-star ratings. You know, lately, you know, we just had Master June on. You know, if you just follow him on Twitter, he's kind of like a, a a resource of information right there. I mean, he's one of the best in the business. Master June, uh, Mark, tell him a little bit about what you've been what you've been doing on uh, uh, on Twitter and some of the things you've been sharing because it's been absolute fire. Well, basically, I've been releasing some Twitter threads based on uh, some of the rookie statistics and information that I've found. I'm working on a, a running back, wide receiver, and tight end model um, that is going to hopefully make it for the draft kit. And so, I, so as I'm going around and researching and finding more information, I just thought, you know, let's share it. Let's <laughs> let's get it out there, and um, you know, let's 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 get everyone onto the whole thing and feel the fever. Like I feel the fever of rookie fever. And so that's what I've been doing. Um, you know, every other day kind of just dropping a, a, an extra long thread with some pretty photos, but some interesting stats that I have found. And it's, it's helping my process as I go through it. And I'm, you know, it's really aimed to enlighten a few people who don't really know much about the rookies so far, and maybe it'll help enlighten them. I know Paulie and Beezy will agree with me right right here, but I read those things for my own reasons. Like I'm like, oh shit, this is good information. Like I literally read them and go, oh hell yeah, uh, right there. Like unbelievable. I book, like I bookmark them so I can <laughs> you know, come back. You know, um, not to put you on the spot, man, but have you have you gotten into at least starting on all three of those models, or have yeah. you got the tight ends yet? I haven't. I haven't got to the tight ends. Um, okay. my, I did a. I did a. Well, Dax will. Um, Jax will know this. I. I did a. Uh, a running back model last year that I showed him. Kind of. It was kind of like more of a private, my own little thing to get me understanding the rookies more for my dynasty drafts. And uh, and also I to kind of see if it worked. And it worked. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was, it was pretty good. Um. So who are two guys so far that are surprising you in your models? Uh, one running back, one wide receiver. Well, for sure, I'll tell you right now. Um, I haven't finished the the model. There is no Gibson this year, so that that's kind of easier because Gibson was a little bit of a, an outlier in a lot of ways, and so it's really hard to plug him into a model. What's that? You can't plug. You couldn't plug him into a no, model. Yeah, I mean, he's he was an interesting specimen because I mean, he was just such a small size, but what he did was produce, and it could have gone either way, and. I, I went with it that he was going to do well, and, and it's really helped me. But um, luckily, there's nobody like that. So as it stands, it's kind of like everybody's kind of stacked up equally. Um, and and Bees is going to really like the answer to this one. I can tell you that already. 
definitely Javante Williams is going to do well on this model. So I could tell, I could tell right off the bat, like Javante Williams is going to do well, and I think actually his teammate, um, Michael Carter, is going Michael to do Carter. well. Yeah, 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 dude, I yeah. love it. Love it, love uh, I it, think love Carter's it. definitely going to be in my top 10, like right now, uh, you know, it, it, gun to my head. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if Javante ended up being ahead of Travis Etienne in my, in my like first uh, uh, do of my, of my rookie mile, because that guy, I mean, like you said, they, it's amazing how, how well they both produced, Yeah, but uh, Javante's got it. What about wide receiver? <laughs> I haven't looked at them so so much deeper, but uh, you know, again, Devonta Smith is just such a interesting player in so many ways. Obviously, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's produced like crazy. He also comes with the low BMI. He comes with the um, late breakout age. Um, statistically speaking, Devonta Smith has probably like an eighty percent chance of busting. However, nobody in that kind of tier um has ever played for a team like alabama and nobody has dominated to the same extent as Devonte smith so he's this really interesting anomaly and um I'm, I'm finding myself really probably rooting on the guy so I've, I've gone kind of full circle on him he's he's uh to me he's the most interesting player out there um jamar chase seems like a real slam dunk to me um, and there's a few other guys, uh, another guy that, um, I want to, you know, hopefully after this, Jax is going to change his mind on because I saw him have him very lowly ranked. And that was, uh, Elijah Moore, I think is going to, uh, do well. He's a very, he's a smaller, he's only like five foot nine, 190 pounds, uh, an Ole Miss wide receiver, but, uh, he seems to check all the boxes as well. So he's a, he's another guy that a lot of people don't know how to really take him. Somebody has, some of them have him going in the first round. Some of them, you know, think that he's going to be a day three guy. So there's a lot of, um, it's interesting though, like, like looking at it all, like everyone's saying that this is a great wide receiver class. And the more I look into it, to me, there seems to be about a dozen or 14 guys that are kind of, in a tier, like I'm not obviously there's tiers within the tiers, but there seems to be a, a tier of say 14 guys that look like they're going to be fine. And then after that, man, it's, 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 it, it gets thin very quickly. And I think that, um, I think Jack's kind of outlined that in his rankings. I think he had 13 guys in his rankings with the 13th guy being a little bit of a dark horse, which I'm on board with as well. And that's Amari, um, Rogers from Clemson. Both Clemson uh, receivers look very interesting to me, and I have a feeling they're both going to be climbing. So, um, yeah, well, but, well said, brother. I mean, this is why you want to follow Mark Mathic right there because yeah. this is where his head is at, man. Like he's just totally uh, diving in and taking taking everything in and, and trying to figure it all out. And and uh, I mean, he's the best. Love you, Mark. You nailed that second. There is a really um, deep second tier. Yeah, with like a lot of guys that could go either way, and there's there's a lot of guys you didn't mention that. Um, I mean, every time I start watching a new guy, I see something I like in in Duwami Brown and uh, Seth Williams. Those yeah. are the two guys that've been on from the beginning. And uh, yeah. and Rashad Bateman, yeah. um, Tylen Wallace. Yes, yes. 
uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, yes. you, you guys know I was on him really early. Um, there's a lot of guys there, and I'm glad you mentioned Elijah Moore might be somebody that that slips, and he probably does slip into the third round, but he can also slip at the very end of that tier. And we talk about tiers a lot and getting values within tiers. I mean, if you don't get the guy that you want, I mean, and you know, there's no reason to trade up to the 111 to get that middle or mid late guy in that tier when you could go, well, you know what? Like Elijah Moore's still there. I could probably trade back and still get him. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways uh, in a dynasty draft, having like the one, 108 to about the 203 was almost like mint this past year. I think it it's going to happen again. It almost feels like it's, it's, it's a little stressful at this time of the year because it feels like, Anyone in like 207 beyond could be as good as people from the, like the 108 to 203. So right now it doesn't seem like an ideal draft position because as it stands now, there's so much, you know, ambiguity, but um, yeah, I tell you uh, second round picks are going to be something to really, and if they hit, they're going to hit as, as well as those first round picks in a lot of ways. I think. Yeah. Because the, the running backs. Yeah. The running backs also started I think the running backs are another one that I'm, um, you know, people are pretty down about the running backs. And I, and I have a feeling the more that I look into the running backs as well, uh, obviously we have the, that, that three that really stand out that have been kind of anointed the one, two, and three, but really from four to around, around the same number to like around 12, there seems to be quite a few guys that, um, could really move up. Like there's a lot of guys that are down on Chuba Hubbard because he had that off year with seven games and people, people forget that he's a track star and that he had over 2000 yards rushing the year before and everyone's kind of written him off. Um, and, you know, so there's a lot of guys there that people are, are sleeping on as well. So I, I have a feeling, you know, initially when I was discussing this with Jackson and a few other people, it was almost like if you got first round pick and you don't need a quarterback and super flex, you go running back. And if, you know, in the second round, you just hit up all wide receivers. I have a feeling there's going to be a little bit like last year. There's going to be like those Zach Mosses, those Antonio Gibsons in the running backs as well. That will be there in the, the second and third rounds, you know, the, the land, LaMichael Pirines, you know, maybe even later on. So I, I have a feeling it's, it's going to be, it's going to be nice to have draft picks this year. Yes. I think quantity over quality, right? In other words, you know, there's those five quarter, well, four quarterbacks, five quarterbacks, however you want to look at it, but there's going to be those quarterbacks that kind of push the talent down. You know, uh, you know, last year, Herbert was sort of, you know, quarterback three, and he sometimes got pushed into the second round, even in super flex leagues. And so this year, that's not going to happen. Uh, those four quarterbacks are likely going to be taken in that the, the top 10 picks, top eight picks, top five, six picks sometimes. You know, I think, I, yeah, yeah, I think five, five of them. I think five of them. I think, I think Mac Jones is going to be in the, in the top as well. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I just don't think there's any way you get away from those five quarterbacks going, you know, in the first 10, 12 pick first round. I, I just don't see him. So what it's going to do is it's going to push that town into the second round that isn't otherwise normally there. So big difference between super flex and non super flex drafts. And we learned that because we did our uh, little, you know, group undroppables mocks, uh, one super flex and one non super flex. And, you know, I had the one ten and the non super flex. I was like, you know, Jalen Waddle was there for me. I took him, but it was starting to get thin. 
Whereas if those quarterbacks are there, they just shove all those players into the early second. Uh, that being said, uh, we are going to absolutely have some more uh, draft content for sure. As you can see, we can't even stop talking about it. Uh, we just keep going. Absolutely our, our passion here. Um, some other things too is make sure you're checking out both pods. If you're listening to this on uh, the undrafted, be sure to go check out unscripted. If you're doing it the other way, definitely come check out my pod. As you can see, I'm a complete idiot. So it's a lot of fun to listen to me rant and rabble rouse about nothing. But you know, the, the guy who's got some, some, some clout is busy, busy. Tell him about unscripted and what you guys bring to the table. What's going on, baby. Oh man, you know, we're just, we're getting ready to come in hard in 21. Um, you know, obviously this is a project that Terminator, Polly, and I are very, very passionate about. We're working on getting some good guests for you. Um, basically got a good lineup today. Um, pretty excited about it. I'm not going to jinx it, but you know, it feels pretty good. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to a big 2021, uh, bringing on some good people. Obviously, we'll have Master June back on. We'll have Jax on. We're going to have a lot of fun um, and just and just really go at it this year. It's going to be awesome. Paul, you got anything to say before we sign it off? I know, I know, uh, I know you're the man. You're the godfather. You're the you're the king of this castle. We love you so much, and, and you're the man. You got anything to tell the people before we before we let them before we let them go? Startup season is coming. Don't get. Uh, don't be a victim of take lock. Yeah. Be, be water. Um, don't worry too much about the polls and, and, and one person's opinion or 10 people's opinion of a trade within a, within a league chat or a DM chat. Um, yeah. He meant P he P O L L S not the P O L E S just, I know some of the listeners might've well, been beware of those too. Yes. I'm just saying beware of the polls and the polls. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it, – it's so exciting, man, because uh, this this project that we've all been working on, we're all so passionate about. And uh, I, I just love that the community's embraced us so hard, too. And we are, um, you know, definitely firmly on the map now. Um, and there's a lot of other great groups within the space. And, uh, and you, should, uh, you should follow all of them. Um, but if you want to get involved in Dynasty Startups, um, just follow our timelines. We're retweeting openings all the time. Um, we're really too busy to individually help you find a league. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I, I am um, now too busy to find somebody a league if they DM me and say, do you have any openings? I'm weekly and daily retweeting when people say that there's an orphan or there's a startup, there's an op opening. So just follow our timelines. If you want to, uh, if you want to be in a startup, just put, you know, dynasty startup in the search bar and follow your people and find them and get after it, get after it, do as many leagues as you want to do. If somebody says, Oh, that's too many leagues. No, hey, hold on. If somebody if says, like easy in term, then yes, you've outdone yourself. Yes. Don't, You're don't go busy. What's one too many leagues. Tell the people what one too many is. Uh, once you start hitting that 50 range, <laughs> <laughs> it 50. starts to, starts to get you a gotta little. stop, dude. You're is that where it like, gets? Is that it, where it gets, gets a little it, bit difficult it, it, to keep track gets, of? Now? It, it gets a little you bit muddled stop, right at that dude. point. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it's, it's been keep you know if you want to play dynasty, you know, keep it to like twenty five at max. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
because after when you get to a point where like all of a sudden like some teams you just completely forget about you start <laughs> you start missing trades you start do and uh, it, you know it just becomes a mess so most, most most people should not be doing 25 either okay no, so the, no, the, we're, the, we're, i'm an asshole i'm an asshole and i'm a total addict even people and, that love this and stuff they have lives unlike us i mean yeah, really you know assholes. Yeah, it, it's so. all what you can handle but like just the you know, the casual average person probably shouldn't do more than three or four. Well, uh, coming from coming from team no neck, we know that BZ is the man. Uh, you know, we we are the degenerates, but you want to take your advice from someone who's in 50 DM dynasty leagues. That's the whole point. Is you know, it's the 10,000 hours. You know, dude has been doing it for a long time, knows what's yeah. going on, has seen every curveball come his way, has seen every bullshit trade, you know, has seen all the Trojan horse trades and all the things that we're talking about all the dynasty game theory stuff, but you know, we've got some even more exciting things happening at the undroppables. We have uh, some DFS, some IDP, both those things are going to be expanded into 2021 and, and coming very, very soon uh, to an undroppables near you. Uh, <laughs> go get your undroppables. Speaking of undroppables, thank you so much for joining today uh, on behalf of everybody at the undroppables on behalf of everybody at the unscripted and at the, at the undrafted podcast for Mark Mathic for, Jake B song for Polly Lundergaard, Polly Sleepers, the BZBFF, and Master June 70. I am your host. Well, I don't know if you'd call me that, but I am Jax Falcone. We're signing off. So peace. Peace.